0: Welcome to MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, a show dedicated to cybersecurity, challenges, solutions, a journey together, not alone. Welcome everybody to a special edition of MSP 1337. I'm joined this week and hopefully for many weeks in the future by the infamous Matt Lee of PAX 8. Welcome to the show. Thanks, brother. Glad to be back. Hey, so we have decided that the fireside chat that kind of, sort of, didn't go as what we had thought it would at CCF for
1: for the short version. I said I was sorry for twisting your arm, bro. I said I was sorry. Why are we going to bring this back up again? (laughs) But
0: it doesn't move like it used to. It just flops around. My tennis game has dropped off significantly. (laughs) And and now I have to play with my good hand. Yeah. (laughs) So fireside chat we started this on on the podcast leading up to CCF we said okay I I was shoot some ladders you were golden the the yellow brick road and and quite honestly at the end of the day I think our approaches to CIS controls the trust mark frameworks in general is very similar but I am kind of for lack of a better word I'm kind of a punk and and this isn't because I don't care as much as you do about MSPs being successful with this, but I don't want to keep giving excuses. And I'm not saying yeah. that you are. But I I I am frustrated, and I hope that as we do this fireside chat going forward, MSPs will recognize you're, you're not... the
1: dad now that tossed his kid in the water to learn to swim at this stage, right? Like sure. like first when you're like, please give like, you're and 25. You <laughs> That's so good. I mean, this, this is but, like this but... is like what about Bob? Right? Like
0: he's <laughs> right, like right. he's gonna learn how to swim and he's literally like holding him by the life jacket until he's <laughs> yeah. like nose is touching the water. And then he's like, Come on, man, let go, let go. He's like, No, no, no. Um I want to be the guy that's like, hey, I hope you put on a life jacket, go get in yeah. the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I think just to set the stage for our audience, uh, you will find that probably I think it's gonna be the the third. The third Tuesday of the month will be the Fireside Chat with Chris and Matt. And our goal here is that every month we're going to tackle, based on the the buzz, the noise that we're hearing from all of you, where we're seeing the challenges as you work your way through control. So we're not going to be like control one, control two, control three, or trust mark, you know, leadership. We're going to just tackle the things that we know are painful. So today we're going to start at the beginning. Uh, we're going to use CIS Control-1 Asset Inventory. If you were thinking about the Trustmark, we mashed them together, so it's software and hardware. But today, we're going to focus on asset inventory hardware. and just some of the challenges that are, are in there, specifically around, as you said it, Matt, there's some gaps in there that need to be talked about. And I also think it's important to recognize that uh, an organization attempting to follow a framework Uh, A set of controls. So we're reminded that CIS likes to say we're a set of controls, we're not a framework, Um, and and to articulate like it might not apply specifically to your business, and that's okay, as long as you can articulate why it doesn't apply, or. If it kind of applies, but not really, what's your compensating control to get through that and and, and be satisfactory? Show you understand and, it, right? That's the point oh, that's really being oh, made. Oh, genius like, right <laughs> there. What are you, to understand is <laughs> the premise of the CIS control set, the premise of a framework. If you can 100%. get behind the intent of the safeguard, then you
1: perhaps will be able to address it. If you don't understand it, then we're premature in trying to go after it. And think of it this way. I think of a safeguard as a lens to look at something through, right? And when I think about that, if you don't understand the lens or if you don't really understand the breadth of what they're saying, you can't look at your organization that way. And why would you want a lens to look at something through? Because every organization is different every asset is different oh no everything is no no yeah yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) perception of my business is that i am my own unique snowflake but i will tell you you put five of us in the same room it still makes a
1: snowball it does you're not wrong we do have a snowball-y part that still has to be managed as its individual snowflakes sometimes (laughs) unfortunately Uh, i like
0: snowflakes because that's fun (laughs) Not the time. yellow ones, those are bad. Oh, right, That if you ever see a yellow snowflake, you're probably in the vicinity of something that's very toxic <laughs> and dangerous. Yeah,
1: that would be higher above at that stage, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know. So, one of the things I want to tackle is that control one, when you do talk about the safeguards in control one, Sheldon Phillips, a friend of mine at Covenant, doesn't start with one. He gets mad at me and says, No, Matt, it doesn't go one, two, three, four, five, it goes five, six three, one, two. And I was like, okay. And maybe I've misquoted on the three, one, two. I, I feel one, like
0: that two, sounds two. like an episode of friends when they're trying to figure out <laughs> exactly. Yeah yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But the point is, is that he, he thinks that if you understand the identities first, it makes it easier to understand the assets that might be touching the data, the, the software, the, those things. And I won't disagree with him, but I know Phyllis wrote it one way and I'm going to follow it Phyllis's way. So to your point, let's talk about Control-1 and some of the challenges that come in that, you know, I would start if I was trying to look at challenges, the first thing I would say is Control-1, Safeguard-1.1 is almost probably 200 words right? If you look at it, it says establish and maintain, and I could share my screen too. I do have it up if that would help the audience. Uh, it, um, you know, we don't
0: necessarily share this with okay. the audience, but I think it would be good. We can, we can talk through it. I mean, for yeah, those of I'll you read it real quick. I'll just okay, go ahead. That, the highlights. Yeah, please do. All right. It says
1: the main part of it, the title is establish and maintain a detailed asset inventory. You know, I joke about this, but what's an asset, right? SpaceX has a active directory object for the space capsule, right? So what's an asset? is a real challenge in that statement. So they go on to try to define that asset. And that's why this is such a long paragraph. It says, establish and maintain an accurate comma. Every comma in CIS is like two days of work, right? Right. like Accurate the, the comma. Eight
0: people eight, right. put that
1: comma there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Comma detailed, which means it has to have depth and information and contextual data, comma and up to date. So I have to do it all the time with the potential store process data to include. End-user, portable and mobile, network devices, non-computing, IoT, servers. So they they put the categories out, right? They've given us a little definition of that uh, asset, right? So this is going to be networking devices, end-user devices, so edge devices, IoT, and servers. And it says ensure the inventories record record the network address, hardware address, machine name, enterprise asset owner. That gets into who owns it, who's responsible. And you may have
0: other items that are important to your business that they're not including. And vis-a-vis, there may be things in here that they include that aren't necessarily
1: important to you. Yeah. And then it says, hey, make sure that they're up to date, the asset, whether the asset has been approved to connect to the network. Like that that assumes you're even approving before something's connecting to a network, right? And so you get into that part of it. Of now you're having to like snipe devices off the network, which comes into some of the later safeguards. right? But MDM tools can support this process. What I do love about Phyllis and her team is they actually give guidance in this where, where a little, little cliff to grab, right? Like just a little cliff. And it says mobile user devices, MDMs can help support this where appropriate. The inventory of assets connected to the infrastructure physically, virtually, remotely, or those within cloud environments, right? Additionally, includes assets that are regularly connected to the enterprise network, even if they're not under control of the enterprise network, which means now bring your own device assets and things like that. Review and update the apps. Like tackle that safeguard for me in your head, right, Chris? Right. Simple, right? We can knock this out in six minutes for myself, couldn't I? I I think that you could at least have an approach
0: to identifying what's yours. So to just kind of piggyback on what you just said, when you say Phyllis and team have put a lot of energy into this, not only and you read it through like the controls navigator or or uh, the PDF that's got all the details in it, they also have a controls guide specifically yeah. to organizational assets that published last fall. Like I think it was around August timeframe. And it literally goes into with illustrations and pictures of like how to go about determining what are your assets rather than just leaving it to chance, right? Yeah. And, and to what you said about Sheldon, I think there's some validity to what he said too, because assets that aren't important don't necessarily need a lot of energy put into tracking and yeah. I think that's to his point. Like you think about like data protection, like what is the data that needs to be protected? So yeah. I think that there's some validity in his, his approach to bouncing around that's kind of very shoots and laddery of him. Actually. Uh, <laughs>
1: I see the argument you're flip making. Flip the card, right? Flip the card. <laughs> yeah, you, right, did, right, you right, did, you did. Know, roll the dice. But, but I'll have but another think... U-turn card for you here. Yeah, in a yeah,
0: bit. yeah exactly. <laughs> that's like, I think snakes and ladders is also a very similar game. Um no, but I think it's important that when looking at this, and this is where i I love the the i g one two three model because this stands for so much more than uh, do one first so that you can then come back and do i g two. Right. But I think it gives you the um like a, a milestone whether you yeah. leave this control or not. So if you did i g one, which is literally, uh, maintain asset inventory, and then what is it? Know, know what's authorized and what's
1: not. Yeah, one, two to. is addressed on authorized assets, yeah. So, so those two things, like if that's all you
0: did, quite honestly, for this control, that's pretty impressive. No yeah. small feat in and of itself. And the other stuff that we'll talk about here in a minute, while important, if you're a two-person MSP, you're using your Ninja RMMs and whatever the evolution of the new tools that are very powerful sure. today, built in the cloud, born in the cloud, that kind of thing. You may struggle to satisfy some of the other safeguards
1: in this control because yes. you can't physically do it. Because it doesn't matter. It's it's in A to some extent, right? Like me gathering DHCP. Um, Yes, Starbucks. Do you mind handing me your DHCP logs of every one of my devices that show up in your cafe? <laughs> my MAC works, address right? starts with A0 colon BC. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you think about it, right? Like... Phyllis Lee has this famous statement that I love to just completely bastardize and use all all over the place. But she said, your network ends where your user's fingertips land. Well, how am I going to do a safeguard such as 1.3 with an active discovery tool, am I going to go like bring a a device and go, hey, I know all my users go to this one Starbucks. I'm going to plop this Wi-Fi pineapple in here and I'm going to start doing some active discovery. That's not how this works. I have the squirrel (laughs) inside my shoe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And I think the point I'm making is that I, I genuinely believe there are some gaps in the way people apply these controls that need to have enough nuance and understanding of here's my version of an active discovery tool. And I'll give you an example. Let's imagine I was all Azure Active Directory, and I used Intune, and I had conditional access policies that said you cannot touch data. All my data is behind OAuth or identity provider from Microsoft, and therefore you cannot get into the software or touch the data unless you've met these, these pieces of being signed in, managed by Intune, AADJ, or under an MAM policy or a mobile application management policy. If I said that was my active discovery tool, you cannot be a device if you don't meet that condition, and therefore you're in my device list as a result. Right, right. Like so we are a
0: shift in that. So let's let's back up for a second because I think okay. there's two pieces to clarify here. One, endpoint end user asset in some respects is slightly different than what you just described because I am an end user that has an asset in order to connect to those things. So while I 100% agree with you, you're almost getting to the point where we're saying. We don't care about BYOD. We don't care about. Um, it's it's kind of like saying, uh, it, you know, I don't care about the islands that are in a
1: not uh, inhabitable. I it's only more care of those islands that can't are. function. So the way I right. think about this is, yeah. it's more we don't not care about them. They just aren't welcome here. They don't sustain. It's life, not that kind so of party. Right? Yeah. 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 So when the um, tide goes out, they're still an island. Well, and if you read one one, this is why I say understanding is more important than than this than than getting it from that. Um, that's why it's a lens. If you look at one right. one, you say to that have the potential yep. to store or process data. That's the first bullet point. So everything else after that, that's defining things. If it doesn't have the potential to touch or store data, because it is programmatically not allowed to. Then, then you have a difference in the way you apply this, right? Which gets in, into in, the
0: approach, right? This is now, now we're getting into the snowflakes of MSPs. How you approach yeah. this is going to matter. So let's let's go back to the two-person MSP as an example. Sure. So if, if obviously I'm not getting the DHCP logs from Starbucks here, and yeah, that is yeah. my primary office of, of choice. <laughs> I think about... The endpoint itself, then, because things like art tables and software yeah. or as- software assets that are running on my endpoint have the capability of performing the the discovery that would be maybe classified as active or passive scanning, which we we can split hairs on which one's yeah, more yeah. important. But but is that not something of relevance too? Like at least have a way to answer even if you're not doing, like, obviously, you're not doing DHCP logging, right? We're, yeah. we're not doing that in this context. that doesn't make any sense. So, I think that's the other piece of this, too, is to remember that these are written based on the premise or idea that you meet certain criteria as an organization, and it's not targeting MSPs as the right end all be all for what who this is being built. But it is very for.
1: infrastructural. And I think part a- of the absolutely. challenge we face is we've seen a shift to non-infrastructural methodologies. Or right? unstructured infrastructure. Yeah yeah. 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 Exactly. And so I think that's the other piece I'd want to make when I'm looking at this. The way this is written, if I was sitting here in front of Phyllis Lee, I'd say the same thing. The way this is written, it's really looking at the lens of where the body is, not where the body is going. And I I appreciate that, right? Because 97% of those customers are born on an active directory controller running in an environment and are born on a traditional uh, infrastructural, here's my walled garden approach. And and I guess to understand this, you might have to understand the other part of it of we've always lived as a walled garden model. Right. where the soft bits are on the inside of the castle and then the hard outer wall and things sure. like that protect us. Our firewall saves the inside network. So this is it talking about it. Active discovery tool says grab DHCP logs, right? Well, I'm, I, don't, I can't do that in a world that isn't in that garden that I control, right? right. When you're at your house, am I going to go get a DHCP? So I like your point of my compensating control is if you're saying in one, one it does say things that have the ability to process or store data. So you still would only be talking about things in between me and my assets that are in the cloud or on the office, my routers, my firewalls. And I think you could meet that by being the endpoint gathers the data around it. The challenge I think you find is how do you apply context to that data? How I was, do I know I that was that... I going to ask you that yeah, question. That, that's, that's really tough because it'll be the guy next to me at Starbucks if you're not doing it right. So that goes into that next thing where... Okay, so
0: let's, let's yeah, rewind fast forward both okay. at the same time because... I think to to a degree, what you're almost getting to is control, too. So, like, what's yes. more important than the physical asset? Well, it'd be the software assets. Because you the... can't
1: know where the data is if you don't know where the software asset is. Right, right. It right. Is... So, so, I'm so making like... Sheldon's case right here. I hate right. myself so a little bit.
0: I will say, so this is where, interestingly enough, in the trust mark, we push the two together. We said assets. Sure, I get right? it. Like. Um, and I think so. I originally, when I looked at CIS first time going into version eight, I was like, no problem. We'll talk about control one and control two at the same time. In fact, I think you can even find some CIS documents that actually do some sort of like combine them a little
1: bit. Yeah, together. yeah. Lens con- combination. Yeah.
0: But I have, having gone through it now too many times to count, more on more, more that it just has become almost this like mundane task. When I went through it this last time, I had a few MSPs we were talking through controls one and two and i i kind of got to the point to, to what you're saying is the software and what i allow in fact everybody's hearing zero trust all day long and really it's all about yeah. apps right I, yeah. I think this is where things get suddenly really uh clear as day is that the things that are important are actually on the software side
1: yeah Right, Because like, they lead to where the data is.
0: Right. They lead to where the data is, whether you're using a remote, remote desktop client or you're using an SSH or, I mean, shoot, if you go through uh CAS plus or some of those trainings, they talk about, you know, what is the most secure way to get to the data? They don't go, what's the most secure laptop? What's the most secure physical asset? They are literally talking about the layers of protection post physical layer, right? The yeah. operating system and the things we do. So, for me, after hearing you say what you did, it's not about pushing these two together because they're very different. And if you're dealing with constructed or constructive, if you're dealing with um defined infrastructure, yeah and, and and that that sort of like four walls that are connected to the internet and the assets yeah. that live there in, yeah, you you need to desperately solve for that. and you need to be aware of things like, Mobile devices, the surface. and yeah, yeah, you need to know what the assets are and what the potential that risk profile, if you will, of yeah. how these physical assets can impact, compromise, or otherwise yeah. enable us to be successful in day-to-day. my data processing
1: assets, right? Like that's but the point that point we're looking at.
0: Two is far more critical than part one because the unstructured infrastructure that we're really getting at your Azure AD, while it yeah. may be structured where it is. Getting to it is now it's
1: globally unstructured, is the correct. Point. It's, its accessibility is available everywhere.
0: So, yep. so now not trying to give Sheldon any more, um, you know, authority on this, like we're gonna yeah, do yeah. the 13792418, like <laughs> the Star no. Wars methodology, Star Wars, right? or or friends. <clears throat> um, by the way, I think their favorite number on friends is seven. Just saying, it's a big fan, big fan. Uh, so, so yeah, and they also like pivot, uh, so. Okay, so we just kind of went in a, not in a circle, but we almost went like 20 minutes talking about Control-1 only to say, really not that important. Well, it it
1: is, but it is only scoped by two. It's not important. Well, it's no, it is. Damn it. So (laughs) imagine imagine I said to you that one of the softwares being used in two was a software-defined perimeter methodology. Right. What if one of the softwares I was using was, let's say, uh, somebody I don't sell, AppGate, right? Because they do zero trust network architecture. Sure. Well, now control one is structured again. Okay. It's a different structure, but it's structured again. I I actually have control where my device, my endpoint, can't actually even talk to the assets next to me in my home. And the DHCP logs could be the assets gathered in the SASE edge and could be the assets gathered in the SP. Right. So you shift again. So two to my opinion, focuses not only on the understanding of lens of what's important and what could process data okay. vis-a-vis the you know 1.1, right. but it also is, when you think about three, I Can't understand where my data even is to go back to one and say, and I know I'm Sheldon, I'm sorry, I'm giving you ammo here, but man, this is you, uh... yeah, you can't understand one until you understand where the data is to be able to answer 1.1 that says has the ability to store or process data because that's what matters. It's data. So, so
0: let's let's summarize this for a second. So, or control to be clear, point. that's the other side of it. Yeah, but, to be yeah. Cl- to be clear, controls one and two, inventory is paramount. We yes. can get into the other safeguards, but at the end of the day. Knowing yourself. what you have, yeah, and what it has access to is really what we're getting at for these two controls.
1: And that's all context, right? That's not one data point. That's not here's a list of assets.
0: No, it is a combination
1: you, of those two, right? And like, if you remember
0: version seven, as, as dark, those PTSD may come out for some <laughs> of you. Version seven. Version seven made it made it feel like you could never be successful because a safeguard might have you do like Five things, and you're like, oh my word, I can never do all five things. But one of the things that's really Mm -hmm. interesting from seven to eight that I think is really important for everybody who hasn't looked at seven to know is that they used to break out assets quite more extensively than they did. So you had network assets, and you had, you know, I think they even went so far as like you had uh, networking or network assets were like firewalls, routers, and switches and access points. And then, oh wait, access points also had its own control by itself so like there was a constant like trying to very technical view as opposed to more
1: operational strategy a a business
0: uh, yeah yeah. a business risk Mm -hmm. model is i think what we're really seeing emerge here is like if you know what you have then you can potentially control how it interacts with everything around it yeah
1: yeah and this comes back to a different corollary right like Yep, I had a video failure. You had a weird watch thing. We're winning right now. So this yeah, is good. Like, this is good. And,
0: and isn't that the scary <laughs> one? Like IoT, like shoot, CIS has a whole guide on IoT yeah. that you layer on top of all 18 controls. We don't even need to go down that rabbit hole. So yeah. we've got a few minutes left in in our uh, banter around the value that, that CIS has put together for us that is controls one and two. And, and, and yeah. it's funny that we're talking about You know, CIS in general, like who wants to listen to a podcast? That is talking about you know CIS controls digging into the safeguards because it's super exciting. Like this is like all oh, the nerdy
1: bits, yeah, all the, the nerdy best. bits.
0: And and I think <laughs> Andrew Morgan, I I want to say they he did a series. I don't know if he's finished all eighteen controls, but he had like Ryan Weeks and oh yeah, yeah it's Phyllis, awesome. uh, I mean the whole team. I think you might have even been on there at least. But once they or looked twice. at it
1: very much more in a top level aspect of it, and not as much into this kind of all right now. How do I apply it? How do I go answer these it, right. questions? How do I go? Yeah, yeah. To, to your
0: point, the, the three key words that Wayne Selk says all the time, Chris, he's like, the what and the why, fine. He's yeah. like, but tell them how to do uh-huh. this. Yes. And, you know, I don't know that we've necessarily given them a <clears throat> we have ton of how right now. But I think in these two particular controls, the, the how is the least challenging part. Of yeah, they're smart on enough to know different. where
1: they can get this from yeah. they all once have they get the, the concept. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah.
0: the tools in this, this is where MSPs have an advantage over oh, any other business. They bill
1: by the asset. Yes, right.
0: they do. They've been right. great at this. They just <laughs> yes. haven't
1: expanded the scope enough. Right? And And, the, and the
0: tools they use are largely not available to the general masses, but they Fair. are available to the MSP. Agreed. So so let's touch on real quick the how because I think the how in here is is somewhat trivial and and the reason I say that is Agreed. even though it talks about you know using some ai or some automation i shouldn't say ai but using some automation to help satisfy inventory the reality is this can be done in a manual process especially if you're the two person company so you stop reading my
1: damn notes there chris johnson hey you know what i'm just thankful that you write notes i don't but they're they're here somewhere they're somewhere, so, somewhere but, they're circulating yeah, they're there. So, so, but, so but, the question this
0: is the loaded question i believe yeah. that a two-person company should be able to clearly articulate in a static spreadsheet or yep. fill in the blank with what document tool you want to use Yep, their inventory 100 and and their inventory shouldn't be just like laptop and printer that's that there's definitely going to
1: be more inventory than that because i'm pretty
0: sure you use cell phones and you probably have some cloud
1: infrastructure that you You have to to ask yourself do i allow byod do i allow people to use their home machines you have to answer some of those questions but yeah 100 percent
0: And you probably have BYOD. I'd be shocked if you don't. Two, three person company is going to likely have some BYOD in there, even if it's just the cell phone. So, but then I also think it's important to, and and this is where I I really want to hear your thoughts on this is I'm a 75 person MSP. What does my inventory model look like now? Because I don't think a spreadsheet is a, an answer that an assessor is
1: going to be like, that covered it. I'm satisfied with what you've showed me. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I would disagree. And here's where I'm getting it. This is what I tell my students in my class. You have to prove to me, if I was an assessor, that you're growing. I don't care necessarily where you are yet. And what I mean by that is, let's say you are that 75-person MSP, and you have your VCIOs meet quarterly with each client, and you have every time you issue an asset inside your organization, you grow that spreadsheet, you grow those things. I think and and maybe I'm putting it in the wrong lens. Let me back up, because you're probably talking about just the MSP and their asset inventory. Just, yeah, I would and, agree. Yes, I would agree. And it's because of the size of the risk. Here's what I mean by that: the more and more large an organization becomes, the more impactful one miss on that device space becomes to the underlying people being managed. So in right. that you lens, I would have agree to with miss you. It once, as opposed yeah. to yeah, you know, right. I would agree. And so you would want to have more automated systems. That said, if I am a 75 person organization and I'm just getting started, I'm in the beginning of a Trustmark journey on this statement i would think that having that spreadsheet and being detailed and purposeful enough to then take it and show iteration to say "Ooh, i can get this from an rmm Ooh, i can get this from avic oh wait neat yep. i can get this from my sentinel one agent i can get as that shows i'm going to read that as an assessor going oh i can see the growth that you have done in this and the understanding you have and i believe you will continue to articulate and grow in that space
0: would you have the expectation though to that point because this is i think where it gets really important i think those tools change it from the spreadsheet being more my current source of truth that is fed by truths that I have to check and verify. So yeah. that, that passive oh, asset that yeah. showed up on my wireless log. What is that? What yeah. is that? Yeah. And if I yeah. determine like that was just an anomaly or like the foot traffic that goes past the front of our office is causing those devices to to show up. And we have noted that unless it shows up with an IP address that they validated to get on our network, yeah. we don't really
1: care about those That assets. shows that maturation, right? And right. I think to your point, that will also force them to maybe put in things like 802.11x. It might force them to put in things that say... You know, if you're going to connect to my Wi-Fi, and you're going to show up as an asset, I'm going to have to send some human to go track this damn thing down and check it. Yeah, maybe we're going to be better about locking that in asset the airport out before we do this. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, those so are the things that I think. So will that's a really too.
0: good. So as we're wrapping up, I think this is where I find the the value and the importance of of how someone approaches this to be so meaningful. So I had this conversation with an MSP, and they basically said. I don't care what data port in our office you plug a patch cable into. It's not going to do anything because until you get approval for someone to go into the server room and light yeah. up that port, nothing's going to happen. So you put in a physical and administrative control, right? right. That's a compensating There's, control. It is <laughs> a compensating yeah, yeah. control. And and yeah. I think that's where this gets – so I think about the maturity of an MSP, and I think in many cases MSPs are far more mature than they give themselves credit. I agree. They don't give themselves enough time when they look at the problem that they're trying to solve for in, in something that doesn't have a right answer, it just has a wrong answer. There is a wrong answer. (laughs)
1: Yeah, There are wrong answers. There are wrong controls. They they are necessarily undefined, but there's a lot of wrong answers. But there's definitely a large number
0: of right answers or right ways that this can be accomplished that, you know, Phyllis and her team, when they built this, they can't, they can't solve for all of them because some of them haven't happened yet. Some of them haven't been created. Yeah. This is an tools, objective matter. Right. This is not
1: subjective. Exactly. Ways,
0: yeah. So so as we go through this and, and and just kind of setting the stage for when we do this again, as we think about maybe what, what control format or target. Is, yeah. yeah. I, I think that, the, so so this one we just kind of, I think we are pretty clear on. You'll figure out what it means to know what your assets are. The main thing is to- And you'll get better at it. You'll get better at it. I think about like uh, one of the goals that I want to make sure we cover in Fireside Chat is what would an assessor look for? And you, yeah. I think you nailed it on the head with with this one particular, especially control <laughs> one. Is like delta growth. Do you have something in place that you are truly using as an organization
1: to navigate our inventory? Let's, let's before we go on. Let's yeah. comma space truly using. I think for me as an assessor, that's the only, I love saying that people we get it in their We to take a heads, five minute a pause for the yeah, comma. Be, can we just a sec for the comma? No, but I think if you're thinking about it from that perspective, if I'm assessing you and I'm trying to determine, is this the guy I want or gal I want next to me on the line in this football line, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to determine, are you growing? Are you getting stronger? Are you doing things? And are you actually using this? Are you just doing it to do the checkbox? Or are you saying objectively, what are my assets that could store process data? What are those things? Oh, wait, I do put out these bright sign players that I send out to everybody, and they have all the data from their KPIs on it that ties back into my, oh, that could store process data. I need to log those. and duck. That's the growth I want to see. I want to know that you are getting better and, and really a tradesman or a tradeswoman in your craft it's trying right. to actually understand the problem. That's what I'm looking for if I'm trying to assess something
0: got it so so obviously the 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 how you accomplish something is going to be under observation objective observation is that yep. there is a uh, something in place yep and when i say something is like it's going to be unique largely based yeah. on the size of your and, organization and, and it's
1: probably going to be bell curve capability right it's sure. going to be at that 85 80 75% space of uh, of accomplishment of and, the, and at the end of the
0: day model. really measuring you're not Meeting this control would be largely tied to there's a clear deficit in knowing what your assets. There's 27
1: are laptops over here that people are using. They're processing data you have not documented. That is absolutely right, a right. wrong answer. You are not right, using right, this. Right, right,
0: yeah. right. And 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 oh, by the way, we ran a an active scan in your environment, and it came back with devices <laughs> right. that you're like, no, we got rid of those like five years ago.
1: And you're like, no, it's right here. It responded to me. In Uh, fact, it's one of those things
0: that you see often in an active directory
1: scan that's tied to not cleaning up their inventory. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's it's
0: gone, but the – You haven't
1: addressed unauthorized assets. It's unauthorized now. You haven't done 1.2. And that's the other articulate point of this is you have to show action, that you are doing addressment of unauthorized assets. (laughs) And and then
0: the third one is measurement over time. And that's why for those going after the trust marker, those wanting to achieve satisfying CIS or any framework – you can't do that until you've put, until you have evidence that shows probably 90 days or more of history, of yeah. history to, to establish the the metric or the
1: groundwork for an assessment. And that's called an observation period, right? Right. That's the period where you look at. So you have to have an observation window to look at. <clears throat>
0: right so so an assessor doesn't need to look at your environment for 90 days they just need you right. to be able to produce what has occurred in the yeah. past 90 show days me october 7th yes right?
1: show me the 12th i want to see a piece right. of evidence from the 12th of what assets were listed in this right right source.
0: like especially the ones that say they haven't checked in in 90 days right Like right <laughs> right 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 right. 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 Like, this <laughs> seems
1: like you would have caught this in the last right. ninety, sir right <laughs> and that's the
0: idea behind like penetration testing and vulnerability management those continuous
1: improvement cycles and that- we'll Get Aren't, to 17 and 18 or 18 and, and seven uh, well I was just thinking we should target
0: eighteen next and really mess things up. No, Ooh, that'd um, be bad. But but I think I think our goal here is less about us going through these controls and sequence and more about as we hear of MSP's challenges, Struggling. yeah. We want yeah. to spend a few minutes or a half an hour. And talk to it because I think in many cases it's much bigger than the
1: control. It's it's a testament to a a broader, it's larger a practitioner understanding, yes, right? And, and 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 that's where I think even you and me today, if you look at one one, it doesn't say every asset. It says assets with the potential to store or process data. And how much does that change that control and make it much more manageable?
0: Well, and I would add it? to
1: that, what data? Right, right. Like, and there you go. Gonna... Now we're getting into three. We're getting yes. into sensitivity and Uh-oh. challenges there. Uh-oh. So, uh
0: oh, because wild, now man. Sheldon is right again, and <laughs> I this know is it sucks. really this is really hurting. Okay, so you heard it here, Fireside Chat, as we digress down the now rabbit hole of proverbial action items that aren't necessarily the right <laughs> answer; they're just not the wrong answer. Exactly. This, is, this has been an episode of MSP thirteen thirty seven Special Edition. Thanks, and have a great week.